0: Hello everyone, welcome to the third episode of Paper in a Nutshell. In this episode, I talk about a regularization technique that I have used tremendously in various projects. Not just me, people around the world know about this technique. This episode took me some time to make because this paper is 30 pages long and it took me quite an effort to go through it, read supplementary papers and then summarize the important aspects of the paper. I am grateful for your patience and I hope that you stick around. I would like to briefly mention that I have created an email ID for this podcast. My email ID is a nutshell at gmail.com. I would love to receive your feedback and suggestions or you could simply say hi. I will make an effort to reply to as many of your emails as possible. So without further ado, let's begin today's podcast. In today's paper, we talk about dropout, a simple way to prevent neural networks from overfitting. The authors of this paper are renowned in the AI community. You can very much say that they are the DiCaprios, the Hanks, and the cruisers of the research community. The authors of this paper are Nitish Srivastav, Geoffrey Hinton, Alex Krivetsky, Ilya Sutskever, and Ruslan Salakutinov. One of the authors, Geoffrey Hinton, was awarded the prestigious Turing award. Uh, According to the Google Scholar, this paper has been cited more than 24,000 times. Basically, this paper is no joke. Also, one more thing, I'm sorry if uh, the authors who I have mentioned, I have not pronounced them correctly. I hope you don't mind. So coming to the main aspect of this paper, what does this paper try to solve? As mentioned in the title, it is overfitting. Reducing overfitting is one of the main challenges of deep learning, but what is overfitting? I will resort to my cat analogies to explain this problem. Imagine you have a convolutional neural network that classifies a picture as cat or dog. This neural network obviously needs data to train, so the data in this case are pictures. However, all the pictures that you have are pictures of a black cat and a golden retriever. Now if you train your network with this dataset, what will happen is that your network will learn to differentiate between a black cat and a golden retriever very well. However, if you now showed a picture of a white cat or say a Pomeranian, your network might fail to classify the pictures correctly. This is when we say that the network has overfitted to the dataset, that is, The network performs very well on your training dataset, but it does not generalize well to unseen images of different breeds of cats and dogs. The solution for that is to have a diverse training set of cats and dogs of different shapes, sizes, and colors. It is mostly a good idea to increase the dataset, but there may be an application for which you cannot increase the dataset. For example, you are trying to predict cancer cells in microscopic images of tissues. It will not be feasible to increase the data set. You could try augmentation. You could also stop the training as soon as the performance on the validation set starts to get worse. You could also introduce weight penalties such as L1 and L2 regularizations. Yes, these are very good techniques to prevent overfitting. Srivastava et al propose that apart from the above mentioned techniques, you can also do dropouts. So, what is dropout? For this, I would like you to search for neural network on Google. Go to the image section and see a neural network. You will find a bunch of circles that are connected to one another with lines. These circles are the units of the neural network. The units have inbound and outbound connections represented by the lines. These units perform the multiplication and addition of the inbound connection and passes it to the outbound connections. The interplay of these units make the neural network as a whole learn an amazing non-linear relationship between what goes into the network and what goes out of the network. So why does overfitting happen? At the end of the day, when a network is learning to predict a cat or a dog, these units learn to extract the best features of your input data. When your dataset has pictures of only black cats, what happens is that these units become very dependent on each other to solely predict a black cat. The way I understand is that some units team up. Let's call them unit Tom in the first layer, unit Jerry in the second layer, unit Raj in the third layer, and unit Dave in the fourth layer. So unit Dave at the last layer of the network says, guys, we are only seeing pictures of black cats. So let's divide the task to make it easy. Unit Tom from the first layer, you tell Unit Jerry every time you see a black color. And you, you Unit Jerry, at the second layer, you tell Unit Raj every time you see a furry face provided Unit Tom reports seeing a black color. And you, you Unit Raj, you tell me every time you see a tail provided Unit Tom and Jerry report black color and furry face. If all of you give me an affirmative, I will tell the world that I see a cat. This team formation within the neural network is nice to predict black cats, but now if a neural network sees a picture of a white cat, unit Tom will say that it does not see a black color. Unit Jerry will not tell that it is seeing a furry face because it learned. I tell unit Raj I see a furry face if I see a furry face and also if unit Tom says he sees black color. Similarly, Unit Raj and Unit Dev do not give the right answers. What happens is that these roles that the units gave themselves to predict a cat works well as long as the picture is of a black cat. The paper describes this team formation between units as co-adaptations and dropouts attack the formation of these co-adaptations or in simpler words the formation of such teams. It does not allow the co-adaptations by randomly zeroing the output of some of the units within the neural network or as we say, dropping out some of the units of the neural network. The paper explains dropout as temporarily removing a unit from a network with all its incoming and outgoing connections. A unit is retained in a network with a probability of p. The ideal value of p is somewhere between 0.4 and 0.8 found through empirical evidence. This is a really brilliant approach to reducing overfitting. If we again go back to the case of the units Dave, Raj, Tom and Jerry, with dropouts in place, each unit will be less reliant on what the others say and so they will try to figure out it out themselves what they should learn without relying too much on what others have learned. What I mean by that is, if Jerry learned to rely on Tom's color judgment for his prediction of furry face in the first picture, but in the second picture, Tom was absent, Jerry will try to find some alternative way to identify a furry face that is independent of the color. Essentially, a hidden unit is forced to learn meaningful features. A unit can learn meaningful features by consulting fewer units or figuring it out themselves. If you ask me, this is nothing short of brilliance, what Shrivastava et al have done. What's even more fascinating is how the authors conjured the idea of dropout. I urge you, dear listeners, to read the motivation section of this paper if nothing else. They get their idea of dropout from the role of sex in evolution. Yes, sex in evolution. Sexual reproduction involves taking half the genes from one parent and the other half of the genes from the other parent with the addition of a small amount of random mutation and then combining them to produce an offspring. The other alternative is the asexual reproduction which the paper says seems like much more feasible alternative to ensure the fitness of the progeny. In asexual reproduction, most of the genes of the parents are passed to the offspring with a small addition of random mutation. This makes sure that the set of genes which work well together in the current generation works well in the next generation as well. However, the evidence is contradictory. The species that inhabit the earth are mostly a result of sexual reproduction. The paper argues that sexual reproduction is a selection, is a superior choice for survival of the species because, over the long term, criterion for natural selection may not be individual fitness but rather a mixed ability of genes. The interplay of a set of genes with one another set of genes makes them more robust. Since a gene cannot rely on a large set of partners to be present all the time, it must learn to do something useful on its own or by, or by forming a team with a small number of other genes. In deep learning terminology, I like to think that sexual reproduction is nature's way to reduce overfitting of a species to a quasi-static environment. By reducing the complex co-adaptations of the genes sexual reproduction promotes a new gene to improve the fitness of an individual and thus making the individual adapt to the changes in the environment similarly each hidden unit trained with dropout will learn to work with randomly chosen units in the neural network this would nudge the units to not rely on the other units that much and also drive them to learn features that are much more useful than those learned through co-adaptations. Another motivation for dropout comes from the spread of conspiracy theory. The authors say that 10 conspiracies each involving 5 people is probably a better way to create havoc than one big conspiracy that requires 50 players to play their roles correctly to successfully spread the conspiracy. A small side note, I absolutely enjoy reading Geoffrey Hinton's papers. I believe that is because of his unique background. Uh, He is one of the very few people who did physiology and physics as well as he did psychology, but later on he went and got a PhD in artificial intelligence. and He is widely known to be one of the creators of backpropagation algorithm. The whole world of deep learning revolves around this algorithm. So he's one of the finest scientists in the field of artificial intelligence, period. His interviews are a joy to watch, I would say, and he's deeply inspired by biology. And that's the best thing I like about him. And he's also like he's deeply inspired by the brain as well. I see him as a man who is God gifted who I see him as a man with God gifted intuition. And while reading the motivation of this paper, I could sense the, the motivation were mostly Hinton's words, uh, but that's just me. Now, coming to the main part of the podcast, the core ideas. Number one, the paper proposes that to reduce overfitting, we need to drop hidden units randomly from the network. Each hidden unit is dropped with a certain probability. Number two, uh, this... Random dropping of hidden units in each forward pass means that in each forward pass we have a unique connection amongst the hidden units. So in every forward pass we get a thin version of the parent neural network. The paper says that randomly dropping out hidden units implicitly means approximating an equally weighted geometric mean of the predictions of an exponential number of learned models that share parameters oh my god that was heavy but what it essentially means is that in every step of the training we sample a new neural network in essence we train a large number of neural networks to solve one task just think about that for a second number three during test time all the hidden units are present and all outgoing weights are multiplied by the probability of a dropout this ensures that the expected output seen during training is the same as the actual output seen from testing. Number 4. Dropouts attack co-adaptations Co-adaptations do not generalize to unseen data. By making the hidden units less reliant on each other, the hidden units are incentivized to learn useful features by themselves or by forming smaller and more diverse co-adaptations. Number 5. Dropout induces sparsity in a neural network. This is, a, this is an interesting side effect of dropout. Even though no sparsity-inducing regularizers were introduced, dropout automatically leads to sparse representations of the neural network. Sparse representation is useful as this means that each hidden unit learns meaningful features. And number six, dropouts improve the quality of features by reducing co-adaptations. So coming to the last segment of our podcast, of this episode, in a nutshell. So, dropout is a technique of reducing overfitting, while other regularization techniques retain brittle co-adaptations or team formation, as I like to call it. Dropout incentivizes the network to form lesser coadaptations, adaptations and it forces each hidden unit to learn meaningful features. During training, we sample a different neural network in each forward pass. This makes the hidden units more robust to unseen data and therefore it increases the generalization capability of the neural network. Today, dropouts have become a part and parcel of deep learning frameworks such as PyTorch and TensorFlow and they allow easily implementable neural networks with dropouts. In my opinion, what separates this paper from the rest is the motivation behind dropouts. It is always inspiring to see people derive ideas from the natural world and translate those ideas into different scientific disciplines. Thank you all for watching this episode. If you liked my episode please follow me on Spotify, rate me on Apple Podcasts and maybe even share with your friends and colleagues. That would really mean a lot to me. Please reach out to my email. I would love to hear what you guys have to say and see you guys in the next one. Dhanabad.